This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 359. Why Christmas? Today we celebrate the central event in the history of the earth, the very thing the whole story has been about. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. It's a day of great joy and celebration around the world. And yet, in the midst of all the trappings and celebration of Christmas, it can be easy to miss why Jesus' birth is so significant. The key to Christmas lies not in the details of the shepherd's visit or the wise men's journey, but in the identity of the one whom they came to worship. In Jesus, God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Christmas is about Jesus. Our New Testament passage for today helps us to grasp something of the magnitude of what that means. In it, we're reminded that baby Jesus is also Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We get a glimpse of the cosmic struggle between good and evil as the vast array of powers and authorities line up against God. Yet we are reminded that in the end, it is through the humility and self-sacrifice of the Lamb that they are overcome. Jesus puts aside the glories of heaven for a humble stool. As the carol, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing, puts it, Christ, by highest heaven adored, Christ, the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. Hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. In each of today's passages, we see the blessings of following this newborn King. From Psalm 147 Extol the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. Blessing, peace, and satisfaction. All the promises of God were fulfilled when Jesus came. God promised his people blessing, peace, and satisfaction. The best bread on your tables. He launches his promises earthward. When the birth of Jesus was announced to the shepherds, the angel described it as good news of great joy for all the people. The heavenly hosts praise God for peace on earth. Jesus had been born in Bethlehem, meaning the house of bread. He's the one who satisfies the spiritual hunger in the heart of every human being. Lord, thank you for the way in which you bless your people. Thank you that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that you satisfy the deepest longings of my heart. New Testament from Revelation 17 Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert, There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is, the other has not yet come. But when he does come, he must remain for only a little while. The beast who once was and now is not 
is an eighth king. He belongs to the seven and is going to his destruction. The ten horns you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour will receive authority as kings along with the beast. They have one purpose and will give their power and authority to the beast. They will wage war against the lamb, but the lamb will triumph over them because he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. Called, chosen, and faithful. Christmas is not only a nice story, but a decisive moment in human history. In the cosmic battle between good and evil, God and the devil, Jesus is the decisive figure. That battle and Jesus' centrality and victory in it is the focus of our New Testament passage for today. Sometimes the church appears to be fighting a losing battle. In Western Europe today, church attendance has been in decline for some time. Secularism appears to be winning. The book of Revelation reveals what is happening behind the scenes and how things will ultimately turn out. As we look around at our world, it is immensely powerful, attractive and seductive at one level. Yet beneath the surface, we see so much evil and so much opposition to the Lamb. The opposition to Jesus is personified in Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth which is written on the woman who rides on a beast. In the original context, the identity of Babylon is ancient Rome. As we've seen, the seven hills on which the woman sits are the seven hills around Rome. Superficially, there was something very attractive about the Roman Empire, representing all that the world offers. She's dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. But beneath the superficial attraction lay violence and vice. With her, the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. It gradually becomes apparent that despite appearances to the contrary, this violence and vice was not random, but specifically targeted against God and his people. The array of characters that appear in the first half of the passage have one purpose. They will make war against the Lamb. The wonderful news of this passage is that the Lamb wins. He doesn't only win, but he also includes you in his victory. They will make war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. As the church often comes under great attack and the forces of darkness sometimes seem to be in the ascendancy, I find this verse to be a great comfort and encouragement. As Mother Teresa said, God does not call me to be successful. He calls me to be faithful. If you are faithful to Jesus, you will ultimately be successful because Jesus will ultimately succeed. Celebrate today the privilege of being one of those called, chosen, and faithful followers of Jesus. Jesus the baby, born that first Christmas day, grew up, died as the Lamb of God, and was raised to life. Ultimately, the Lamb will overcome all evil because he's Lord of Lords and King of Kings. This is wonderful news to celebrate this Christmas. 
As one of the great Christian carols puts it, we have a saviour to free all those who trust in him from Satan's power and might. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Lord, thank you that you are Lord of lords and King of kings. Thank you that you rule and reign. Thank you that ultimately the Lamb will overcome all the forces of evil. Help me to stick close to Jesus and be among his faithful followers. Old Testament from Nehemiah 3 and 4 So we rebuilt the wall till it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, The work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. Rebuilding, Restoring and Repairing Christmas Day especially is a day when all over the world the name of Jesus should be honoured. Sadly, it is so often not the case. What can you contribute to seeing the name of Jesus honoured in our world? Jerusalem was the city of God where God dwelt. God had called Nehemiah and his people to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. This is a wonderful visual illustration of the task of the church today. We are called to rebuild and repair so that the name of Jesus will be honoured again in our society. Do you ever wonder, am I needed? Do I have anything to offer? Is what I do of any value or significance? In this passage, we see that everyone was needed. Everyone went to work, shoulder to shoulder, side by side, rebuilding, restoring and repairing. Each was given a portion of different lengths. The key is not to compare, but simply to get on with whatever God calls you to do. God notices what you do and values what you do. 2,500 years later, we're still reading what the people of God did here. Their names are listed. They were all volunteers. None of them appear to have been professional builders by trade. They were business people, entrepreneurs, rulers, nobles, goldsmiths and perfume makers. Yet they were willing to offer themselves for the task of rebuilding. All ages were involved. They might have been tempted to think that what they were doing did not seem very significant. Malkijar, the ruler, was asked to repair the Dungate. He did not complain that it was beneath him. He simply got on with it. Together they were part of something very significant. They were rebuilding Jerusalem. They were bringing honour to God's name. Opposition and ridicule came from the outside and discouragement from within. The same was true for Jesus. His birth was not welcomed by all. Herod tried to kill him. The opposition to Jesus and his church continues today. You do not need to be afraid. Through a combination of prayer and action, success is possible. When opposition comes, respond like Nehemiah with increased prayer and extra vigilance. They never drop their guard. The key, our God, will fight for us. With God fighting for us, a nation can be changed. Churches can be filled. Family life strengthened. Marriage honoured. The crime rate can fall. And society can be transformed. Most important of all, the name of Jesus can be honoured again. As you look around at the state of the church, get involved in this task of rebuilding. Be willing to work hard 
and not to be put off by opposition. Lord, thank you that the Lamb always wins, that the one whose birth we celebrate today will ultimately be victorious because he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Pepper adds, In Psalm 147 verse 14 it says, He grants peace. Or as it says in Isaiah, He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Peace is what is needed this Christmas. Peace in our hearts, peace in our families, peace in the world, peace everywhere. 